0: Welcome to Health System CIO's Partner Perspective interview series. I'm Anthony Guerra, founder and editor-in-chief. Today we're talking with Vishwa Malhotra, co-founder and chief technology officer with Mango Apps. Vishwa, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Anthony. It's always a pleasure talking
0: to you. Good. Well, it's nice to hear. All right. So... uh, We're going to have a fun chat today. So let's start out. Um, You want to tell me a little bit about your organization and your role?
1: Sure thing. Let me start with the organization first. As a company, Mango Apps, we are the leaders in the modern and unified employee experience solution market space. Uh, And we have solutions that are widely recognized for being the modern intranet, employee communications and employee engagement platform for organizations worldwide. It's been over a decade now that we have been a trusted healthcare digital partner to over 30 different healthcare organizations in the US. We've also earned the high trust certification as part of our commitment to serving the healthcare industry with the best digital employee experience solution in the market today. And like you said, I'm Vishwa Malhotra, co-founder and CTO at Mango Apps.
0: Very good. So one of the interesting angles here that we're gonna take in this discussion, uh, we always wanna be useful and helpful to our CIO and CISO and CTO, all the folks at hospitals that uh, that listen to uh, our publication and tune in. Um, and it's uh, it's interesting. So I think we'll, we'll we'll get to a very interesting place here. But the, to get us there, my first question to you is: When you're approached from health systems, um, who is the typical individual? What is the role of the individual that is coming to you? Right.
1: right. So, uh, a, a digital employee experience solution like Mango Apps you know, enables multiple use cases that deliver value across the entire employee workforce in an organization, cuts across departments, you know, teams, frontline employees. Uh, So the entire organization sort of gets benefited with the value. So therefore the typical buyer, you know, from a company that comes to us, I would say is the chief information officer, the CIO. Mm -hmm. And the adjacent to the CIO, um, who have decision-making influence, uh, in the healthcare industry, I would say would be chief medical officer and the chief corporate communications officer would be the adjacent roles
0: to the CIO. So they also come in sometimes you might they get do. those folks, chief medical officer. And what was the other one?
1: The corporate communications officer.
0: Okay. Um, So sometimes those folks, sometimes CIOs. So when a CIO does come in from a health system, uh, do you get the sense that they are sort of following up on a mandate they were given or a request from the business? Hey, we've got a problem here. Can you go find technology solutions? Or do you think sometimes they're mean, and and we'll get into sort of a proactive versus reactive mindset. Um, Do you think sometimes they are... They have not been given any mandate. Perhaps they have been observant in their roles, and have understood that this is this might be helpful to the business. So they say, "Let me go out and do some research, and then perhaps I will present this as a possible solution." Uh, w- what are you seeing? Um, is there a certain percentage on each side? You know, how would you express that?
1: Yeah, it's hard to put a percentage number, but we do see a healthy mix of of both those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'll sort of elaborate a little bit. If you're looking at, uh, you know, sort of the mid-market organizations that come to us, typically with an employee workforce of 500 to say 5,000 employee companies, they have identified the problem. I mean, they understand the business has a problem and they need to do something about it. And they generally are in the solution exploration phase, as we we call it. You know, what's out there that's going to help us solve the problem? Uh, That's where they are in their buying journey. Uh, So they have a good understanding of the problem. On a larger enterprise side of, let's say, the companies with employees from 5,000 to, say, 50,000 or even 100,000 employees have sort of completed their problem identification. They've done some sort of basic solution exploration phase. They've even gone about building what we call as the requirements building phase. Uh, they exactly know what they need for the solution. Um, what should the solution be doing? Uh, and it typically manifests in a way of an RFP in their buying journey. Mm-hmm. So. The vendor selection, the validation, consensus building within the business for the right solution still happens later on in the journey, but they're acutely aware of the problem. They've gathered the requirements that they want. Uh, So they do have a good mandate within the company. It's either arrived because the business came to them or if the CIO was forward thinking, proactive, active, uh, figured out the issues that exist with the departments, and and has built that mandate and then coming in the
0: market to search for a solution. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm been thinking about a lot is that, that proactive versus reactive mindset. Um, and there's there's a lot go, goes into having a proactive mindset. Um, and this is this is a little thing I came up with. That, and you tell me if this makes sense. That sort of the average CIO will come up with technology solutions to technology problems, and the elevated CIO will come up technology solutions to business problems. How does that sound? Does that make sense?
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and that's a good way to sort of bucket, um, you know, active versus passive um, CIOs as well. And, and you know, typically all CIOs, whether active or passive, uh, are the ones that are looking for tech solutions to tech problems versus tech solutions to business problems mm-hmm. as you articulate it. They all have an execution model they follow that's typically based from their experience and their expertise. So if mm-hmm. they have an experience and expertise in certain area, um, they tend to try and find solutions uh, to problems with that background. Um, from our experience at, at Mango Apps, interacting with a lot of the CIOs, um, some of the characteristics as as, as I would call them uh, for forward-thinking CIOs, right? They have this clarity uh, in their execution model in a, in a lot of times where they're largely focusing on accelerating the impact that their job, that their profile can bring in the organization. Um, and these three, four characteristics, right, that help them accelerate the impact, which I think is the key for, for active, uh, you know, oriented CIOs is they are able to prioritize the digital initiatives that support clear outcomes that their CEO has mandated in a certain time frame, And they have the capability and the clarity to pause and stop all other digital initiatives. Um, the kind of outcome CEO may want is like introducing a new service or improving operational efficiency. Whatever the kind of outcome is, they're able to prioritize their digital initiatives that connects with that outcome. Right, so, so you have- Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. And second, I think they have this characteristics of having, you know, these this, what I call them the visual matrix that are able to effectively communicate how the outcomes are going to be achieved with the digital initiatives that they are prioritizing. And they're able to articulate that well across their C-level peers, across to the CEO. And 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 they and that those two characters I think are the foundation that helps them sort of accelerate the impact that their job their profile can have in the organization if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah so i was just you know thinking about what you were saying so number one is to understand the mandates from the top right the the ceo i guess the board you have to figure out let's say the ceo keep it simple the ceo is going to give you your marching orders or the business objectives. Here's what we want to be. Here's what we want to achieve. Here's what we want to be known for. Here's where we want excellence, right? So the CIO has to hear that and really understand that and take it to heart. And if they do, that's going to allow them not only to focus on those things, but to push the other things to the side. Because you could have voices and very, perhaps sometimes powerful, not CEO powerful, but users, powerful users in your ear you have to have the strength to sort of push back on that if it doesn't fall within the larger mandates from the ceo does that make sense
1: yeah 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 and and you know i'll i'll, I'll uh, take an example you know um one of our healthcare customers who happens to be uh, the largest healthcare organization in the state of oklahoma um and they had um you know they had this um different departments that were having different technology solutions to to their processes right um so but somehow those technology solutions uh, or the processes were not giving them the desired outcomes mm-hmm. um, so the head of associate experience as an example whose problem was the effectiveness of onboarding the new associates um, across all their uh, clinics was inadequate and that was resulting in poor customer experience when these new associates were made part of the, the physical therapy uh, team in, in their case. Then there was the head of HR whose problem was that there were too many you know, dispersed systems uh, and typically the HR team was spending like a day in a week manually updating and keeping information across you know, SharePoint sites, Google sites, legacy intranet, coordinating the task over email, a lot of time was being spent. So they had the technology solution, but the desired outcome of efficiency, productivity, uh, reduced employee burnout, et cetera, were not being met. Mm-hmm. And similarly, there was another corporate communications director whose team was unable to sort of get the adoption on the internal communication projects that they were doing across you know, 8,000 odd associates to drive engagement and towards the organization wide programs. So effectively the CIO had to build this mandate across these different business heads, HR heads, the associate experience heads, the communications head and understand and sort of um, seek out these challenges to understand what changes needed to be made in the systems so that they could achieve their outcomes. And that was a partnership that the CIO built with, uh, with her peers within the company to sort of go toward, build that mandate and build that um, alliance, for a lack of a better word, to look for systems that are going to, that have to be changed so that these departments can meet their business outcomes.
0: So it makes me think, I interested, I did an interview with a CISO the other day um, and he recommended this book, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, it's called Extreme Ownership. Um, so it's like a leadership book, the, written by some Navy seals, uh, but it, you know, pervasive anyway, this, this CISO, he said, he gives it to everybody on his team. Everybody he sees, he's a huge fan of it. It makes me think when you were talking about the scenario of what you just explained, what that CIO had to do, it makes me think that how important that extreme ownership is because it's so easy to make excuses as to why something isn't working. Well, it's this department, it's that person, they won't get on board, but the concept of this book is. If you're going to be a leader, it's all you. You have to figure out how to get it done and how to convince people. Um, do you hear back sometimes from your key customer, your the customer that's interacting with you that says, Vishwa, I love your product. I'm having trouble here, there. I'm getting resistance. Um, they have to keep looking at themselves, right, and figure out how to get it done. Because once you sort of throw up your hands, you're finished.
1: Right, right. And And – and that's a great point, Anthony. In in you know in our experience working with CIOs, it, we see some of these CIOs, right, the, the forward thinking ones especially, who are able to what we call you know creating these fusion teams, um, and these teams are usually a mix of multiple parties. Um, it's one the CIOs' IT team themselves who are bringing the internal IT expertise. And then a digital partner, second would be a digital partner like us, Mango Apps and others whom the CIO has brought in to be able to deliver this digital solution and expertise that is according to their prioritized initiatives. But it needs to work with all the internal business allies from different business and functional departments, the HR, operations, marketing. And that's the third party in, in in this fusion team where these departmental heads, business heads are bringing their domain expertise to make sure that the outcomes are, are being met and adjusted and, and we are able to sustain this over a period of time. And we as a digital partner need to work with all these stakeholders if we are to truly be um, you know, an ally to, to CIO, who's built this alliance inside, you know, across other business and functional departments. So it's it's what we call as the fusion team, and and they're all working towards a desired outcome. They are sharing the you know, the risks and the rewards that come in the process, Um, but all parties are there. And CIO uh, is sort of heading all of this with a strong digital partner besides besides his side. I,
0: I would imagine you've been in situations where the groundwork was not laid properly for implementation. The departments, maybe they didn't even know what was going on and you get in touch with them and say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to bring you up on this new, you know, product, the organization, they say, we don't, we don't know anything about this. We're not interested in this. I mean, have you been in, or in situations where the groundwork was not properly laid? And perhaps that would serve as advice for our listeners that, Hey, when you're doing these type of things, you must, I mean, they know that, but I mean, I'm still, I'm sure it still happens where it's not done properly.
1: It happens. It happens. And, um, we, many cases you know the success of the project depends on on these people being on the same page they're believing in the same outcome. Uh, mm-hmm. We work with these department heads we bring in the CIO when we need to bring in again to get them all on the same page. but I think it's it's if I had to offer two cents here right I would just say it's important that the CIOs have um, listened to those, these digital signals, And these digital allies that they want to form across their C-level peers inside the company who and they should bring people on the table that sort of have this digital first mindset. Mm -hmm. They are ready to put in the time and effort uh, as opposed to it's not my job sort of approach. Um, They understand the urgency indicators, they understand the value that it's going to bring to to the department. Um, So I think that education, that bringing on the table, being on the same page is a key component of what a good pro-forward-thinking CIOs should uh, be doing. And, and we're fortunate to work with many of these CIOs. Uh, um, there are a few where it doesn't happen, but there are a lot many, lot more where it does happen in, in our experience.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, we talk about being proactive. If you're going to be proactive and you are going to offer technology solutions to business problems, you have to know about those business problems. And in order to really be plugged into how the business is going and the challenges, you need to be in meetings that are not technology-oriented, right? You need to be in business meetings that have nothing to do with technology. And I'm guessing there's still a lot of business meetings that happen where somebody says, well, why would we invite the CIO? It's, this is not about technology. But if they don't know about the business problem, they can't say, oh, by the way, there's this technology solution that may help you, so it's key for them to be plugged in, and if they're not plugged in, they need to try and get plugged in and try and make the case for why they need to be in these meetings. They have to want to be in these meetings if you don't want to be in these meetings, you're probably in the wrong role right right
1: absolutely, absolutely, and I think you know there is this what we call you know the formal i t role that all c i o s are supposed to do, but then. I think there are the forward-looking CIOs, I think they spend uh, in our experience, you know over 40, 45 percent of their time in business .IT areas which are not necessarily formal IT uh, as we know them. And this 40, 45 percent of their time is what's spent in these um, you know, what what you're calling as the non-IT focused mm-hmm. business meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they are sort of gathering these uh, what we call as the ideal digital signals. Uh, What are the topics that these C-level peers are talking about? What is their uh, impact of these topics on their financial performance, their quarterly targets, their yearly targets? What's their risk tolerance level? Uh, How urgent it is for them? So they are getting these signals from their C-level peers in these non-IT-focused business meetings that are helping them sort of go back and uh, figure out you know, what digital technology solutions can be offered as solutions. And then that helps them, you know, you know inputs like what's the financial impact of doing this for this department helps them sort of create these digital allies within the company who sort of, um, again, I go back to my earlier term, they have a digital first mindset and the CIO can come to the party along with the CHRO or the CEO uh, to sort of, jointly partner and and provide solutions to many of the things that don't necessarily come as a formal IT project,
0: if, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I was thinking there's probably a lot of parallels between someone like yourself who's serving your customers, who are often the CIOs, and the CIOs who are working to serve their customers, who are their users and clinicians and, and whatnot. Uh, we did a webinar together a couple of weeks ago, Vishwa. Um, and one of the questions uh, was, how are you deciding what to work on? You, you know, how how's Mango Apps deciding what to work on? You have customer requests. And you explained a process by which I think you said it's sort of half and half. Uh, half of it, it, you know, we prioritize customer requests and that's like 50%. And then half, I think, is what you've come up with internally, what you, your vision is. And what you want, right? So, and that's interesting because if you do all one or the other, it's probably not good, right? So, it's interesting the way you've come up with the mix. We want to be responsive to our customers, but we cannot rely on our customers to come up with every good idea. So, we're gonna come up with some good ideas because we're supposed to know what we're doing over here. So, we're gonna bring something to the table. We're not gonna be passive, we're not gonna be totally passive and just do what we're told. So, you got this interesting mix. Um, I wonder if it's maybe... Well, I don't know if that would work for a CIO in a health system. You know, it's kind of a mix. What do you think? Well, I think I'll go back to saying that if the goal
1: or the outcomes that the CEO or the board, like you said, ha- has made out to be... Um, it depends on your top line and bottom line outcomes you want. If you want an outcome that says you want to have a new service or a product introduced in year 2024... Um, then, obviously, there's certain requirements that you know of that those that product and the service needs to meet. But that's an opportunity, I would say, for a top line objective that the CIO can use and come up with um, come up with aspects that they rec- that are not yet known, but but would be valuable in a differentiating way because of his background and experience uh, in the technology sector. So, I would say it depends on the top line and the bottom line outcomes. Some would have an opportunity to do the healthy mix of 50 50. Sometimes they don't. So, I would, I would, I would, but I would look out for that opportunity as a CIO. Uh, Every opportunity that I get, every interaction that I have with my C level peers, um, every meeting around the top line and the bottom line objective, I'll be looking for that opportunity where I can add that value of going above and beyond in terms of what is being asked by the customers to build, to bringing in something that's more differentiated. And I'll take an example of of a healthcare customer and it happens to be uh, one of the, um, I think the largest outpatient therapy uh, in the U.S. in in, in, I think they're based out of Alabama Mm -hmm. and the CIO of that organization, right, was the requirements of the CIO essentially had was that it was difficult for the different departments, different employees to be able to find the information, knowledge and resources that they had across thousands of SharePoint sites, millions of documents. So the requirement he was given essentially was that we need a a better search technology that can provide them the right search results and provide, provide the clinicians better search results, provide the nursing staff, what they're looking for give the supports you know system support teams the information that they need so they sort of narrowed down on the requirement set that was about better search technology and what are the things it should have now he could have just followed that path and maybe they would have gotten a technology solution for their technology problem but I, in our experience i think he went a step beyond so when he understood the problem he understood the problem as that they're not looking to find search results. They're not looking to, they're looking to find an answer. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a difference between asking for something and getting 15 results, and then you're figuring out which one is the most appropriate one that I have to use. You don't know whether it's trustworthy. Is it up to date? Whom should I go to verify this information? So, search technology. Requirements may not have really solved the problem, mm-hmm. uh, or it could be back in the market, you know, 12 months later looking for an, another solution. So, as he interviewed the clinicians, the nurses, the support staff teams, uh, from, as their IT team did that, they found that what they were looking for was an employee experience solution that would directly give them a trustworthy, up to date information from their, you know, digital dump, as they called it in the company, which had <laughs> all these. Thousand files and, and sites right in the form of an answer that the clinicians nursing staff system support team could use and apply so that's where he took the technology one level beyond search results to giving an answer and how an employee experience solution that had a visibility into all these systems using some advanced technology like AI could provide a more ready to use answer than just mere search results. And I think that's an example of why if you didn't have to literally follow your requirements as a CIO, but be able to sort of understand the problem and 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 come up with a solution that, that actually solves the business problem and not just the technology problem.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It's like if I'm, let's say I'm dealing with my accountant or something and he says, well, here are the six options you have. And I say, well, just tell me which one you recommend. I don't want to look at these six. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to figure. That's why I'm paying you. Tell me the one that you recommend. Ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm just going to say fine. If I'm not saying fine, I've got the wrong accountant. <laughs> right. right, right, yeah. All right. So, okay, go ahead. Anything else you want to add there? No, that that was
1: it. And I and I think that's uh, you know, looking at these digital signals from your sea level peers. Uh, and building this allies i think are the two fundamental blocks we keep seeing on and on with the you know forward looking cios in the organizations that we work we work with uh, and they they make an impact that's much greater than typically what you know a formal it cio uh, can do
0: All right, very good so uh, you when we did our webinar you had one of your customers on jonathan hensley um, this director of user experience with team health. And he gave one of the more glowing um sort of recommendations that I've heard from a customer of, of a software provider. So my question to you is what are the tenants? What are the principles by which you've built and run this business that you think possibly contributed to bringing about such a positive feeling from a customer? Obviously you're, That's got to make you feel great. That's the whole goal, right? We've built something here, and we want people to be happy and feel value in using it, and it seems if it's working. So, again, what are maybe some of your beliefs that you adhere to when you built and run this business that you think have helped you come out in a good spot so far? I think one of the
1: things we do – um, as product people uh, have to constantly remind ourselves when we're offering these solutions is that you have to have a very disciplined way of measuring the mm-hmm. impact that you are making.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: cannot measure it, you cannot adjust it. If you cannot adjust it, um, there is no way you can sustain um, that for, for a long period of time. Um, so it's this measurement model that we have with our community of customers that we and measurement is not in terms of, you know, it doesn't stop at, you know, 80% of the users are active on the system. Great. But that's not the measurement that we are looking for. We do want to understand as part of our process, the outcomes that they desired from an employee experience solution. And we are measuring against those either business outcomes technology outcomes, or even aggregated outcomes, which combine business and technology and take it all the way to the top. So measuring of these outcomes as part of our community that we have built of these customers is key. And then we adjust. We adjust our process, uh, what we have measured, um, why didn't it meet? Uh, We interview, we survey, we put our own, um, you know, the product uh, solutions hat on it. We adjust, go back again and do it. make the adjustments, put out a release. And one of the advantages of being on the cloud is that you can iterate fast and you can mm-hmm. get things out fast. Uh, it's not the legacy on-premise model that you can do one release a year. We are literally doing a release every month, sometimes two releases a month. Um, and building this, once you get into that mindset of, uh, of doing things fast, then you're also building processes that makes sure that you're not breaking things as you're building. You don't want to take two steps forward and one step back. Um, So measurement, building processes that make sure you're moving forward, adjusting, and then having a sustainable model. Um, No other secret sauce here.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Um, We're about out of time, Vishwa. Is there... Any pi- parting thought, any any final thought you want to add? Well, I guess let's frame it up this way. Um, in addition to all the great advice you've given, anything else you want to add, you know, um, about the unique challenges of being a CIO in today's environment in healthcare?
1: Well, um, I would just say my two cents here, um, you know, we are fortunate first to have worked with great CIOs. I, I just can't say enough of that. Uh, but my two cents here would be, you know, there's a lot happening in the technology space, especially this year, 2023, uh, with the most, I, I, I don't know how uh, familiar the CIO community is, and some of them are likely, on the generative AI technology. So my two cents would be be mindful about that, uh, be strategic about it, uh, see how the opportunity applies to your business context and your technology estate, and, um I think it's a technology that can be disruptive for healthcare organizations. And, uh, you know, we are super excited about being a leader in this, in the employee, ex- employee experience space, uh, and especially being high trusts, you know, secure mm-hmm. and certified environment uh, to solve many of these organizations problem using these generative AI technologies. Um, we can do it for the first step and we can do it to full scale uh, production deployment. So I would say that's an area that CIOs should get a head start in. It's a technology to stay and be disruptive in the healthcare.
0: That's wonderful, Vishwa. Excellent discussion. I want to thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Anthony. Always a pleasure talking thank to you, you sir. sir.